Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast. We're looking at Wednesday NBA slate here. We've got uh, roughly six games here, Nate, and a lot of them with teams on a back-to-back. Actually, only one game has no teams on a back-to-back, and that game is Cleveland and Dallas, and they have everybody questionable, including Luka in that one, uh, and then a bunch of other guys for Cleveland as well, including knowing that Garland is out, Mobley is out, Mitchell is Q, et cetera, et cetera. So we will look to uh, avoid the minefield that is this slate here and bring you guys some best bets in this video. We also have play a props up for you guys. So make sure to subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also want you to head to the lines.com. Use that prop finder tool that we have up there to make sure you're getting the best juice available to you from all of these bets that you are making this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into a game that I think we're both at least feeling like we can bet on right now if we wanted to, which is the Mavs and the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, the books aren't buying this questionable stuff for Luka, for Giannis. Like, the props are up. Props are even up for Donovan Mitchell, who's missed three games for the Cavs. So I feel comfortable saying Dallas minus three and a half right now, assuming Luka goes. I mean, he went on Christmas, obviously, dropped 50. So with the same quad injury as what he's listed with here, so he should be just fine. Kyrie is out. Uh, but the Cavs are hurting much worse with what you mentioned. Yeah, no Mobley, no Garland, um, you know, and, and that's going to be the case for a while. And they're just not going to be a very good team on either end uh, with that scenario. They just haven't had a step up in competition like this in a while. Um, certainly not on the road. The last time they faced good offense, they gave up 130 on average to OKC and SAC. Um, so, I mean, the defensive rating being lower on the road versus at home is partially just this schedule they played, I mean, when they played Boston in those back-to-back on the road, they also saw a, a lack of defense. Um, but their offense has also gone down on the road. Uh, assists per game, three fewer per game. Shooting percentage way down. Uh, you know, their last three without Donnie were lower scoring. So <clears throat> this one, I do look at the over if Donnie and, and, and Luca are ruled in, but... I think the preference here is just to back Dallas. I mean, they're 7-0 and against the spread. Their last seven when favored when they had Luka. They dropped one when they were favored against Memphis. He was out. Uh, we, we talk about this all the time. Like, their their record when, as a favorite straight up is really good. Their record as dogs, very bad. It's a team you can predict to handle business. Uh, I think there's a way to play this where you don't, um, you know, you, know you, you, you get the stake back to not play is to put him in a a little SGP here, 30 points, eight assists and the money line for even money. Uh, Maybe even take that small spread and get a little plus money here. Cause I mean, Luca's just on one right now. I mean, 37 and a half points per game, 11 and a half assists. His assists are skyrocketing with no Kyrie with everything flowing through him. Uh, He has a 128 offensive rating in his last 12 games here. And the Cavs, without Evan Mobley, are really going to lack the the defensive presence to deal with him down low. Uh, he'll be able to get in there and spray out assists. So I, I think that's the safest way to play it because um, then you just you don't have to back the maps without Luka and Kyrie because I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, we saw what happened when Jaden Hardy was the back, was the primary option last Friday, right? Um, so, I mean, that's that's the way to play it, I think. Yeah, that, that's that's the only thing I, I can say as of right now. Um, yeah, if Luca if Luca plays, great. I mean, I I'm coming from a place of recently getting burned by the Bulls surging and and losing to this this sort of Cavs team. Of course, that that Cavs team also had Sam Merrill, and he was a big part of the reason they could score because you could just give him the ball and he would just 
I mean, dude, he shot like 12 threes last game. You got to learn up on on, on Sam Merrill. I'm telling you, he's he's really good when you put him in there for usage. But uh, the point is, is like Craig Porter was like a nice, like he's better than we thought he was kind of player coming onto this team and being like, oh, Craig Porter is an NBA player, like maybe eventually backup point guard rotation player, but like, nah, nothing that you're going to be able to really match him up with against uh, Luke and company. And, and Exum is playing too. So I do kind of like the idea of maybe getting some Exum props when, um, you know, we, we do have the official report here on Luca. When, when you give him the usage, like it's been incredible how, how athletic he's looked this season. I, I think he'll continue to be like, there's, there's really nobody on the other, uh, on, um, uh, Cleveland right now that you feel like, okay, well, obviously there's no Lucas stopper, but even if uh, it comes down to like Dante Exum trying to push the pace for this Mavs team, like maybe you, you're worried about Isaac Okoro. Maybe he'll step up and play the defense that we've expected from him. But either way, yeah, I, th- I think the Mavs are a good bet at under four here. And, and this will only go up if, if Luca is officially announced in. And like you said, the books aren't buying it, but if it's Luca versus Donnie, pretty good matchup. Like maybe we'll see what that does. Three and a half is still probably a pretty good bet, but it's probably a little bit around a pick them to me. If you have Luca in the, in the gang versus like Jared Allen, Donnie Mitchell. So just try to see what happens with that, that injury report. But I'm going to uh, go to the wizards and Raptors game. And to be honest, like, I, 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 you know, I hate betting on the Raptors or against them, but I, I will take them to stop Jordan Poole. So I'm going with a player prop for my very first best bet. Um, and that's him to go under 22 and a half points for Jay Poole. He was a great bet last night to go over. He was down at 18 and a half points in that matchup uh, versus the the Magic, and he got 30 in that game and was a really good bet to go over in that game. And now we get the beautiful inflated 22 and a half points uh, line for him, which is not something that he has done very often this season. I believe 10 out of 23 games that he's played so far this year. He's gotten 10 out of 28, excuse me, only at a 35% clip that he would get over uh, 22 and a half points here. So get 23 or more. Uh, against the Raptors, he played this team already this season, and he went under in a back-to-back situation where he went two of six from three um, and had 14 points in that game, zero free throw attempts. And and that's really what I'm focused on for why I don't like Jordan Poole to be able to score against the Raptors is like he relies on the three-point line too much. And this Raptors team, especially with Jakob Pertl in, is happy to like suffocate you up top and play, play that press D all the way in the half court to try to force turnovers to get out in transition because they're a team that's going to rely on athleticism to, to win games and stop you from shooting threes because they can't shoot threes. And so they can't afford to get into a three-point battle with you is another huge part of why they're constructed the way that they are. And I know that was a heavy part of like Nick Nurse's thing, but this roster is the same. So it's, it's still what they have to, to work with. And even less three-point shooting this year, obviously, without FVV. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that's why Toronto continues to be a bad matchup for shooting guards in general uh, on the season. They are like helping. They, are, they have limited shooting guards for the most part. Uh, and the only five of the uh, like roughly, let's say, 22 ish, however many games you know you want to talk about, like 28 ish shooting guards, because obviously you take into consideration starting shoot guards, backup shooting guards. But the only shooting guards to have gone over the uh, against them over 22 points to get to 23 uh, Buddy Heald went bananas, had uh, shot 70% from the floor and seven for 12 from deep. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, same concept, had uh, 22 field goals in that game and 30 points. DDR had 12 free throw attempts uh, on both games that he played against this team uh, and in 40 minutes on average. And then Malik Beasley went crazy. You have to go crazy from three. Malik Beasley went crazy from three and Ant took 27 field goal attempts. All the other games they played, that who's ever coming from that two guard spot is not allowed to shoot just openly like that. Uh, and you're going to have to be really good going to the rim. And Jordan Poole is not very good going to the rim. Yeah, I mean the Raptors have a ton of athleticism on the wing. They seem to figure out the Wizards down the stretch of their last meeting about a month ago, where the Wizards were up big and then scored like two points in the fourth quarter, basically uh, over the final like eight nine minutes, and Poole and Kuzma could get nothing going. So. 
I would expect a pretty good effort from them there. Uh, Poole's stats a little elevated. The only thing that gives me concern is that he's kind of a similar player to Jordan Clarkson, who just went off for 30. But both of them are not, like, guys you want to depend on uh, in terms of, like, if they just get unconscious, like, they'll just start throwing up terrible shots and they'll go in and it won't matter what defense they're playing against. But, I mean, probably a little more respect for Clarkson in that regard. Uh, Josh loves to fade Jordan Poole, the, uh, the, former, <laughs> the former Warriors uh guy um but moving on to another bet that is contingent on some superstar news Giannis is technically questionable here um with Milwaukee at Brooklyn and so that's why you're getting the Bucks and around minus four against the Nets team that's on a back-to-back the Bucks have a significant rest advantage considering they've been in New York since Friday they played the Knicks back-to-back and they're coming off a loss after winning what six straight seven straight um looking much better on the defensive side of the ball and so that's the first thing I Think about when I'm like, well, they want to shoot out uh, against the Nets earlier this season in which we picked the Nets to cover about six, and they did. They lost by four, but it took, like, heroic efforts. It took a career-high 45 from Cam Thomas or something on, on over 50% shooting. It took 31 from Mikel Bridges. Mikel has been awful in his last five games against not Detroit, 17 points per game on, on poor splits. Cam Thomas, also very inefficient. 23 and a half, but a 110 offensive rating and his, his outings against not, you know, the poor warriors and jazz defense have been very lackluster. So looking at a Nets team, that's only scoring 113 a game in their last seven, one in five against the spread in their last six as underdogs, one in six straight up, uh, you know, uh, against not Detroit or, or their, their last two wins have come against Detroit. And in that span, they have the fourth worst three point defense they're scoring a high percentage of their points off three. And then the Bucks have the number one three-point defense in their last seven. So are we seeing Adrian Griffin kind of adopt the old Budenholzer strategy of funnel everything towards Brooke Lopez? Don't give up those threes, you know, only threes to specific guys that we want to give up. And then the the, the percentages are, are falling into place. Also on the other end, I mean, Dane has, has found his rhythm, right? Last six overall, 31 points per game. Nearly five threes at 47% with a 136 offensive rating, which is what he has in his last seven against the Nets. Uh, six threes at 51%. Makes me feel okay to say, like, we'll still take the Bucks money line if Giannis is ruled out. Um, Bucks, you know, have, have that kind of stars out, bets up mentality where they have a bunch of wings that will give you energy, that will make it tough for the Nets who are on a back-to-back again. Uh, and, and still be able to potentially win this game with Dame leading the way. But if Giannis goes, I mean, again, an, an interesting same-game parlay. He averages 36.5, 13.5 rebounds his last five against Brooklyn. Bucks are 4-1 and one in those games. Bet 365 has boosted that to plus 450 for him to hit those averages, 30 points, 13 rebounds in a Bucks win. So just another way to say, like, maybe you just bet it that way, and, and if the star is scratched, you just get your stake back. Same kind of concept as Luca, but I think the Bucks can can win this one here against the Nets team that's just just meh and and, and is at the rest disadvantage here. Yeah, I feel I just worry if the Bucks are going to be meh about it. But if Giannis doesn't go, I mean everybody has to try pretty hard. And if Giannis does go, I've never seen him not try hard except for like maybe against the Wizards, and he can still score as many points as he wants against them. So. Yeah, these are the only two games that you're like, yeah, okay, I kind of know what I'm going to get enough to be able to like bet on it now in terms of the the Bucks and the the Mavs game. 
Um, if Giannis is ruled out, I guess this could move, but it does seem like the the, the spread, even at, at its current like four ish points, right, is is enough to sort of insinuate he's he's going to play. I think that's still pretty accurate. Maybe it goes up like a point or two, uh, but not much. I don't think it gets much above like six and a half. So yeah, well, I, I'm good with the four and a half. I'm I'm going to wait on on stuff for these for some of these bets too. But I'm going to close out best bets with an over for Toronto on their team total, which is super high. Uh, I'll probably go half a unit on it, but it is what I've got here in front of me, and, and I like because the numbers are just saying Wizards defense at home non-existence, Wizards as we say, because there's surely surely is not any defense at home for Washington. Uh, 124 and a half, like I said, but they've been giving up, uh, 130 to almost everybody basically at home, uh, in this situation on a back-to-back, I'll also say three of the four games that they've played on a back-to-back this season, they've given up 129, 143 and 136 points to fast paced teams, uh, golden state sack in Atlanta. But the other thing that, that really just stands out in this game is transition points and, Washington and Toronto both actually have really bad transition defenses and are both looking to get out and transition as frequently as they can. Uh, Toronto, the second most in the league, actually, with the second highest frequency that they're getting out into transition uh, on their plays. They don't play very fast in the half court, so that affects their 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 total pace um, because they are using up a lot of the shot clock, and that does diminish the amount of possessions they get. But if they if they can avoid the ha- uh, the half court offense and get into transition, they're gonna do it. And Washington, like I said, bottom five in allowing uh, transition points. So is Toronto in allowing transition points. So it is gonna be a bit of an up and down affair, which is why the the game that happened in Toronto last time these two teams played was a bit of an oddity, um, going at very low, less than two twenty scored in that game. However, that was also in Toronto, and Toronto does play much better defense and slower at home, uh, above 100 pace uh, on the road this season versus a uh, 98 pace when they're playing at home in Toronto and Canada. So, yeah, a, a lot more to like about points in this one. The the way that they're going to score, going to the rim in transition, uh, in, in terms of hitting the, 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 um, the paint as well. Uh, and like attacking the rim because they can't shoot threes anyways. And that's fine because it's it's not like they need the threat of the three against this Washington Swiss cheese defense down low, which gives up a ton of points in the paint. As we know, all all of the stuff within five feet uh, of the basket is is available to you. So that's going to be a lot of what you'll see. Offensive rebounds as well will be in there. Not a a very, very bad defensive rebounding team for Washington. So a lot of points available for, uh, for this squad and 125 plus is very reasonable. Yeah. I mean, the wizards giving up one thirty on back to backs, giving up one third, per game in both situations um, and Toronto has good numbers against them individually. It's why I'm looking at Siakam. Yeah, we talked about maybe Siakam 25 plus points in the win for Toronto. Uh, both things seem seem very likely considering his, his uh, you know, game log against the Wizards, like 31 plus, I believe, in four of his last five, including 38 last time out. There's just physical advantages all over the place for Toronto on the wing here, so they should be able to press those and score a bunch. 100%. Yep. So good luck navigating everything. Make sure you are staying on top of those injury reports uh, and everything that you need to know about who's playing so you can make sure that you're not taking any bad or stale lines. But that is all the time we have for you. So continue to follow along. Check out the play of props as well. And until we see you next, happy betting. Don't say, don't say, don't say, don't say.